Welcome to Today on Broadway for Memorial Day, Monday, May 31st, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And uh, <laughs> well, I'm, out of, uh, I'm out of step here. here. Okay. And, and I'm Broadway star James Marino. Broadway, uh, no, let me... And I'm Broadway Radio... <laughs> I don't even know how to do this anymore. And I'm Broadway Radio's James Reno. Yeah, it's been a while, James. Yeah, uh, it has. I mean... I mean, it's it's been like two months, but uh, a little less than two months. But we are kicking it old school here on on Memorial Day. So, of course, um, we hope that everyone's had a uh, a wonderful weekend and uh, spends some time today to remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. Now, James, on Sundays this week on Broadway, that was something that was fourteen months, fourteen and a half months in the making, as you. Peter and Michael got to talk about Broadway coming back and the Tonys actually happening. We'll see. Um, what what were some of the highlights from your conversation on Sunday? Uh, well, we were talking about uh, what we were interested in, what's going to be coming back and, and our feelings about... Uh, how we're going to go to the theater? I mean, uh, you know, no, no, no uh, shocker here. Peter, Michael, and I are anxious to get back to the theater, no matter <laughs> what, and 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 see almost anything that we are invited to. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm actually surprised that Peter's going to wait for invitations. I assumed at this point he would be so <laughs> jonesing for theater, he'd just like go and set up shop in a rehearsal room just to see something. Yeah, in fact, uh, Peter is uh, is actually getting uh, invitations and is heading to Music Theater Wichita in a couple of weeks, uh, which he's he's been out there a, n- a number of times and. Sure. Uh, and uh, so he's. It's it's great that everything is starting to get back. We were talking about how busy Times Square is, regardless of not having shows just yet. Uh, we also talked about, uh, you know, what else uh, is happening there. We talked about Charlotte Saint Saint Martin's disastrous appearances on network television. You mean my uh, best friend? Yes, BFF. Yeah, yeah. BFFs. I'm sorry, Matt, but you know. Yeah. Let's let's give her her due here. When when we talk about her, let's let's make sure that everyone knows that we are uh, best friends forever. Like we're not we're not messing around with like SpongeBob level best friends forever. We're like the next level up from that. <laughs> uh, you know, Charlotte Saint Martin was one of our original Patreons, so uh, supporters. So uh, we should uh, mention that you can support Broadway Radio just like Charlotte Saint Martin at Patreon.com/slash Broadway Radio. Or what's the other one? BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. If that That's were right. true. If she was a patron at some point, she has long since canceled. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Best friends support you forever. I wonder yes. if anybody owns charlottesteenmartin.com. Let me check that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It'll uh, be redirecting to uh, Broadway Radio or Broadway Stars here shortly. Um, Anyway, James, let's get into the news. Last week, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced that theaters and other venues could reopen at 100% capacity immediately as long as the audience is fully vaccinated. So that means that Broadway shows can reopen sooner than September if they want to and they follow a few other logistical hurdles uh, to make sure that everything is cleared. The first of those hurdles, of course, is that they are willing and able to follow all of the government's guidelines that are in place at the time of the opening. Now, you'll remember that Cuomo on May 2nd said that Broadway could reopen on September 14th, and then just, you know, 
24 days later, he said, ah, psych, just kidding. Go ahead and open whenever you want at full capacity. So things are changing quite a bit and are moving very quickly in New York. So those requirements will likely change multiple times between now and whenever shows actually do begin to return, be that Hades Town on September 2nd or any time sooner. Now, hey, Matt, uh, did you see the uh, uh, the governor's office just released a press release? Did you see it? Oh, about no. right. opening up they they said that you needed four different things you needed a cow as white as milk a cape <laughs> as red as blood a hair as yellow as corn and a slipper as pure as gold oh hmm. that's good 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 to know are you yeah. are you hinting at a into the woods revival i would never <laughs> i was gonna say if if there was a press release about something opening up i thought it might be a diner that might be coming back oh. for i i don't know maybe just a short 16 week pop-up that would be uh, my guess know, my favorite thing in diners is it's pie pie i love pie <laughs> yeah oh. we've been doing this for for five and a half years almost james yeah. i know what your favorite thing at a diner yeah, is that's true. <laughs> but i'm just saying a 16 week pop-up for a diner would i i think that would be a great thing for a press release to go out about whether it came from the governor or not but the other obstacle that might be a little bit more contentious that shows must clear if they want to reopen ahead of the September 2nd date that Hades Town hmm. is currently scheduled for is that the 14 unions that operate on Broadway must finalize protocols with the Broadway League so that their members are actually able to do their jobs. Those discussions are currently in the works, but given how well the unions, especially Actors' Equity, have handled this past year, I am not putting all my eggs in the basket of that happening anytime soon. Actors Equity did confirm last week that currently no Broadway productions have informed the union about their desires to open up before Hades Town does. But James, I would be shocked if that doesn't happen fairly soon. Perhaps after all the producers are back from their holiday weekends in the Hamptons, uh, they might get down to trying to push for earlier opening dates because I have heard that a lot of producers were none too pleased about Hades Town pulling the trigger to reopen ahead of Labor Day. And now that that seal has been broken, I would not be surprised to see other shows move into August or potentially even July. We know that Hamilton initially wanted to reopen on July 4th, whether that was with a regular schedule or just one performance. So as long as unions can get it worked out, they technically can now. And shows like Hamilton and Wicked and the Lion King, which were all they thought they were going to be the ones reopening Broadway on September 14th. It, those are the ones who I don't think need to build up as big of an advance as some of the other shows, potentially like Hades Town. So if they wanted to pull the trigger and jump into mid to late summer, I, I think they probably could and would be okay with it because I would not be surprised if those producers really want the badge of being one of, if not the first show to open up. I'm telling you, man, as soon as the Hades Town thing came out, I knew producers who were green with envy. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I see. I see what you there. Maybe they had some elixir to fix that. Ah, yeah. You know, I see. Know. Yeah. <laughs> all right, James, let's take a real quick break to talk about our sponsor this week, Upstart. We all know that, especially coming out of the past year that we've had, paying off debt can feel nearly impossible. You've got to deal with high interest rates resulting in your monthly payments going up. It is an endless cycle of debt. But Upstart can help you fix all that and get ahead in the financial world. So for our listeners here, you may have a lot of planned or unplanned purchases coming up very soon. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Some and things you're going to put on a credit card. Yeah. yeah some yeah. things that you're going to put on a credit card. If your state, if you open up your statements and you see telecharge, 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 Ticketmaster, Ticketmaster, Ticketmaster. Don't forget uh, SeatGeek. SeatGeek, SeatGeek, and TodayTix. Our friends at TodayTix. Um, you know, I, I mean those type of things. You have to plan for these things. So talk to our friends at Upstart. It's the fast and easy way to pay off your debts with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards or consolidating high interest debt or funding a personal expense, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. I hear that Ashley Steves took advantage of this. Did she? She's been talking about how easy it is. I would not be surprised. It's a smart thing to do. Yeah. You can find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Broadway. That's upstart.com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. I hope that Ashley typed U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway when she yeah. did hers. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Wow, you actually say that live every time I listen to it. I'm like, every yeah. time I listen to it, I'm like, and did Matt pre-record that? But it's great. You, no. You're pretty good at this whole thing. Thanks. Go to upstart.com slash Broadway. All right. So uh, President Biden getting in on the action here on Broadway. Tell us what he's doing. Yeah, James, we're going to kind of stick to the political slash arts beat with this next story, as when President Biden released his budget proposal last week, it included a 20% increase in the funding for the National Endowment for the Arts. The proposed increase would bring the total funding for the organization up to $201 million. If this portion of the budget is eventually passed into law, it would be the organization's largest budgetary increase in history. Of course, during the previous administration, the NEA was always either in real or at least perceived danger of being eliminated altogether. So this proposal was welcomed with open arms by the organization. The NEA's uh, acting chairman said in a statement, quote, President Biden's budget represents a significant commitment to the arts and cultural sector and reflects the continued importance of arts organizations and cultural workers to the health and vitality of the country. The increased investment in the agency will allow it to provide critical support to the arts sector as it struggles to reopen, rehire workers, and generate arts activities that will help fuel the economy. Now, James, with how well the Democrats have been able to get Republicans to compromise on anything lately in Congress. Hmm. I'm not holding my breath that this will go through as planned as we know that Republicans love to knock the NEA for only political points. Um, But I know that the various arts communities around the country, not just theater, uh, but all of them could certainly use as much help as possible from the NEA following this past year plus of stagnation. You know, it's it's everything old is new again. Uh, I've been uh, rewatching the West Wing, and you know that there's that whole NEA fight in the West Wing uh, mm-hmm. uh, fictional storyline, uh, and it's the same the same thing over and over where the Republicans argue about uh, don't we have better things to do with the arts? Uh, this money than spend it on the arts? No, no, no is <laughs> no. the answer. <laughs> it's 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 unbelievable. I, you know, don't think of it as arts. Think of it as jobs, jobs, jobs. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like I looked at it and I was like, $201 million. Oh, that's a nice, healthy increase to the budget. I was like, oh, no, no. that's the total. That's budget. the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, that's obscene. Yeah. I, I, Hamilton's going to make that in the first 20 weeks back. You know, 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, they might have already made that just from when they announced their on sale date. Like that very well could have happened at this point. You know, Rob Johnson's going to the uh, first 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 uh, performance back. Good for him. So Good for yeah, him. yeah, hundred ninety nine bucks. Ooh. All right. So uh, Oslo, we talked about it briefly on uh, this week on Broadway on Sunday, but uh, talk tell tell us about the review roundup for HBO's adaptation of Oslo. Yeah, um, I believe that Ashley, uh, Grace, and I are going to be doing our own roundtable of this um, in the next week or so. But uh, HBO slick invite. Thank yeah, you. Well, I mean, you already talked about it on one show. We don't want to. I over- didn't. Well. You led the discussion. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, HBO and HBO Max released the streaming version of the uh, film adaptation of JT Rogers' Tony winning play Oslo over the weekend. It is now available to stream on HBO Max. The screenplay was actually adapted by playwright JT Rogers and Bartlett Shear, who directed the show on stage, makes his film directorial debut with the film. The the film adaptation of the show stars Andrew Scott and Ruth Wilson, both theater alums, uh, getting to do these roles on stage. And we've got some reviews that were, as most stage screen adaptations are, positive but a little mixed. David Rooney from The Hollywood Reporter said, quote, This is a polished operation with a strong ensemble led by Ruth hmm. Wilson and Andrew Scott as the married Norwegian diplomats who used their connections at the foreign ministry and in the Middle East to bring both sides to the negotiating, negotiating table on neutral ground. But what resonates most in Roger's script is the desire of each side, generations of hatred notwithstanding, to stop slaughtering one another's children and carve out a peaceful coexistence. To paraphrase words spoken by Wilson over the footnotes, the simple act of sitting across from our enemies to see and hear them as human beings can yield progress that remains stubbornly out of reach in formal negotiations. Uh, David, in his review, went on to talk about how uh, inept the U.S. policy has been at trying to broker Middle East peace um, has been in the last four to five years. And he specifically calls out one former presidential son-in-law who was supposed to do that and did absolutely nothing. He went to Jared's. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. That is where he went. Um, writing for the National News, Razmig Bitterian wrote, quote, Oslo's strongest aspect is its cast. Luther star Ruth Wilson and Sherlock star Andrew Scott give arresting performances, and Salim Dow offers a layered and enduring portrayal. Dovali Glickman takes over the role of one of the Accord's main architects, Professor Yair Hirschfeld with charm. Unorthodox star Jeff Wilbush, too, is incredible in his role as Israeli negotiator Yuri Sarvier, and Sassoon Gabay's depiction of Shimon Perez is unforgettable. And finally, Peter DeBurge from Variety said, quote, where Rogers' three-hour stage play is dense with overlapping dialogue and deep-end policy talk, the movie version pairs that back to just under two hours. If anything, the feature errs on the side of trying not to look theatrical, a criticism that has been so hammered into films based on plays that too many overcorrect in the opposite direction. Here, director Bartlett Shear tries various tricks, including the use of camera filters, outdoor walk-and-talk scenes, speaking of the West Wing, and a PTSD-style flashback that recurs throughout to make things feel more cinematic. Now, James, I never saw Oslo on stage, so I'm excited to be able to see this um, and, and kind of experience this story for the first time because I know 
I think you raved about it when you saw the original Broadway production at Lincoln Center. And obviously so many other people did as it won the Tony for best play. Yeah, Peter, Michael, and I talked about it this morning. We saw it downstairs, technically, off-Broadway oh, right, right, right. at, at Lincoln right, Center, right. and then we saw it upstairs uh, and actually sat next to Bart uh, when I saw it upstairs. Uh, oh, cool. He happened to be sitting there at the, at, when, I, when I saw it. I loved, loved Oslo. I thought it was great. I, an interesting thing about this, does David – I don't know if you know this or not. Does David Rooney normally review film? Because I I, he's the theater reviewer, so yeah. I, I'm interested that he would review the film. And uh, it, it's the other two reviewers. I don't recognize them as being theatrical reviewers. Yeah. So, and, and they talked more about the film itself than uh, than commentary. Uh, so I, I mean, that, that's it's I, interesting. I just to clicked me. on. I just clicked on David yeah. Rooney's. Um, uh, profile in the Hollywood mm-hmm. Reporter, and yeah. it lists him as the chief film critic. Really? So, wow. so okay. perhaps maybe yeah. he made the switch during the shutdown, since there was no yeah. theater for him to to review. So I don't know if that will stay in place when theater resumes, or if he has made the switch over to film uh, full time or not. Huh? Did uh, did you see any reviews where people commented that Ben Platt was too old to be playing this role? <laughs> no? no, but they but they certainly talked about his hair. Yes. Exactly. All right. Uh, what do we have in the recommendation section? Semi uh, a barber? No. But a what? A barber for no, haircut? No, bar- no barbers. I, I cut my own hair, so I don't have any yeah. barber jokes mm-hmm. unless it's Sweeney Todd. Um, it's not necessarily a feel good recommendation, but it but it might warm your heart nonetheless. On Sunday, CBS is. I mean absolutely perfect uh, program, CBS Sunday Morning, did a nice little segment on the passing of two-time Tony nominee Samuel E. Wright. He, of course, um, not only was a Broadway star, but originated the role or did the voice of Sebastian in the Little Mermaid movie. He appeared in the original Broadway uh, cast of Jesus Christ Superstar, then in the in Two Gentlemen of Verona, which was also a Best Musical winner. He replaced his, his Jesus Christ Superstar um, co-star uh, Ben Vereen as the leading player in the original company of Pippin. He received his first Tony nomination in the tap dance kid. And then his final Broadway performance came as the original Mufasa in the Lion King on Broadway. Um, he also did a number of, of uh, films and television shows in addition to his, uh, to his stage career. His first film role was actually playing Dizzy Gillespie in the movie Bird, um, which is Dizzy Gillespie's uh, nickname. So the CBS Sunday Morning program did a did a nice little uh, segment looking back on him with some of his, uh, some of the the film clips from uh, the original production of The Lion King. So that was always really nice to see. And uh, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I did not realize that Samuel Wright, who did the voice of Sebastian, was always the also the original Mufasa. I for some reason mm-hmm. that completely escaped me, even though I saw the original cast of the Lion King uh, on Broadway. So when he passed away last week, uh, I realized that and was kind of dumbfounded and felt a little embarrassed that I hadn't realized that before. Yeah. It's, it's really uh, just a, a, amazing what we find in, in broad, how versatile Broadway actors are. They can, oh, yeah. you know, be under the sea and they could be a lion. Well, and those parts are so yeah. different too. Obviously, sure. they both come from the same era of Disney movie musicals, but like, I would not have thought of Sebastian and Mufasa as being mm. the same person. I mean, just exactly. the vocal stylings yeah. of both Mufasa has this deep, rich baritone, and Sebastian 
is very much not that. So um, very cool to see that and uh, a nice little segment on CBS Sunday morning. Well, it's nice that Disney went on a limb after casting Matthew Broderick. Yeah, well, we know they like to keep people in house. I mean, look at Jeffrey Freeman has played Jafar uh, on stage and screen for like a hundred years now. So, you know, or Jonathan Freeman, I think is his name. I, I yeah, Jonathan might have screwed Freeman. that. Yeah, Jonathan Freeman. So very cool, nonetheless. It was a, it was a nice little shout out on on Sunday morning. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. A cow as white as milk, a cape as red as blood, a hair as yellow as corn, a slipper as pure as gold. I'm glad that you're getting in on the tease games, too, so I don't have to do all the heavy lifting by myself. I don't know what you mean. My name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. Well, you yeah. probably have Monday off. Hopefully you'll have uh, Monday off. And uh, and uh, somebody will be back. Uh, the Matt and Ashley show, the Matt and Gracie show. I, the think, Grace Grace. And- I, think, I think Matt and Grace. Matt and Grace, Will and Grace, talk to you tomorrow. I'm glad you're here for the same.